Hey, greetings everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West here and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. And, you know, it's always so funny when you get the opportunity to sit down and talk with people that, you know, when you're a little bit younger, you used to watch on television. But here's a person that I have seen them and, and their journey and met with them in person and have the utmost res respect for. And that's actor Kevin Sorbo. Kevin was born in Mound, Minnesota. Minnesota nice, oof da, uh, we can get into all that. Uh, his mother worked as a nurse and his father taught junior high school, resulting in an upbringing that forced the outstanding work ethic Kevin holds to this day. By the time he was in university, Kevin was covering tuition costs with modeling work, which swiftly translated into a career in television with his first appearances on primetime shows such as Angela Lansbury, Murder, She Wrote, and The Commish. In 1993, Kevin emerged as a full-fledged international TV star when he was cast as the lead role of Hercules in a series of TV films that would lay the groundwork for the immensely popular series Her Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Kevin also guest starred as Hercules in episodes of the successful spinoff series Xena, Warrior Princess, as well as providing his voice to the animated Hercules films. In 1997, Kevin accepted his first leading role in the fantasy action figure called The Conqueror. Along the way, Kevin played characters in video games such as Mortal Kombat 4, God of War, and The Conduit. In addition to his work on screen, Kevin now also produces films, recently serving as executive producer and star of the movie Abel's Field. Kevin authored the widely praised book, True Strength, that recounts the painful recovery from serious health setbacks that changed his life during his Hercules years. Kevin Sorbo married actress Sam Jenkins, who he met during her guest appearance on Hercules in 1998. They have three children together, Braden, Shane, and Octavia. And besides his successful career in entertainment, Kevin has always devoted a hearty portion of his time to the causes he believes in. In 2005, he was named successor to Arnold Schwarzenegger as the national spokesperson for the After School Alliance, a nonprofit working to ensure that all children have access to quality after-school programs. And since 1997, Kevin has donated his time as the spokesperson for the nonprofit organization, A World Fit for Kids. And we're joined with Kevin Sorbo. Sir, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm exhausted from my career. That was a long, long one. Hey, I tell you, I had to take a deep breath there, boy. You've been out there <laughs> kicking some butt and taking names. You know, you're, you're so well known across the, the globe, as, as your bio says. 
What do you see right now in America that is causing you the greatest amount of trouble? Uh, because we have always been that beacon, that shining light, you know, that city upon a hill that it talks about in the, in the Bible that Ronald Reagan even talked about. What, what do you see that concerns you the most about our culture now? Um, apathy. I think that's the biggest killer, not only in America, but around the world right now. It's People in this country keep forgetting us, we the people, but they don't teach civics in school anymore because they don't want they don't want citizens to know that are coming, growing up that 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 you know that we the people are the ones who are supposed to run the country. There's a bigger and bigger divide between what the bubble of people in D.C. are doing to the rest of the world here, and uh, you know you, we saw it played out in I mean the hypocrisy and the blatant you know use of fear mm -hmm. as their weapon during COVID and everything. Look, Facebook took me down two years ago for posting the truth. And now if they actually physically would um, uh, bring my Facebook back, but of course I never do that. But I, I posted on Twitter not too long ago. I said, does anybody have any more hypocrisy theories? Because mine keep coming true. So it's it's just amazing and how sad that uh, this country has fallen and people are, are sucked into, you know, you, you mentioned something about my father being a school teacher. Back when I was school, I'm sure when you were in school mm -hmm. too, they taught the subject they were taught, you know, paid to teach, whether it was math or biology, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Today, every single teacher, all they want to do is push this ridiculous, um, you know, agenda down everybody's throat. So we got a whole group of people under the age of 25 that have grown up in these schools that they're just, you know, they're grown up to hate America, yeah. to hate white people, to, you know, critical race theory. Um, let's rip down all of our statues because God forbid America is the only country that has bad history, right? <laughs> no other country in the world has had yeah. any bad history. I mean, it's weird to me that we, we want to erase our history because you're supposed to learn from it, right? But I think now I think people were destined to repeat it because people don't want to know anything about our past. No, you're absolutely right. And so when you look at uh, there's a great Bible verse that I always like to use when the foundations are being destroyed, what shall the righteous do? And I have seen you really step up and, you know, you, you talk about Hercules, the legendary journeys. Your journey has really taken an incredible turn I, I have seen and that you are very outspoken you're you know coming out of Hollywood out of the entertainment industry you're speaking of these issues in our culture and especially your involvement with Christian films how, how did that happen what was your moment of epiphany or your road to Damascus moment well you know one thing I got to give the writers on Hercules credit for even though it's mythological they gave they gave the show a lot of moral values. Yes. They gave the show a lot of positive things to say about, you know, Hercules can go around looking for fights. He'd always try to talk people out of it. Mm -hmm. And through thousands of letters that we got every week down in New Zealand, where I lived for seven years, fans just sort of just mirrored that. They just said, we love what you're saying. We love that, you know, there's a positive message in here. But really, 2010 was a big turning point in terms of the kind of movies they wanted to do. I did a movie called What If? Mm -hmm. And uh, Dallas Jenkins directed it. Dallas Jenkins is doing The Chosen right now, which has become a massive hit everywhere. Um, his father's Jerry Jenkins. And Jerry Jenkins, along with Tim Mulahey, wrote the Left Behind books in the mm -hmm. 90s. Well, my most recent movie that I hope people will go look at right now, it's streaming, and it's also available on DVD at Walmart, is called Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. I directed it as well. We had a two-month run in January and February. But what if really was the groundwork for me in terms of doing movies with a positive message? And two years later, from the same writers said, what if I did a little movie called God's Not Dead, which yes. became a massive, massive hit. And I, I just said, you know, these are the kind of movies I want to do. 
um, 11 years ago, my man manager and agent called me in. It was like an intervention, I guess. <laughs> and they said, we can't work with you anymore. They said, because of being a Christian and conservative, um, we, we just we just can't get work for you. And I started laughing at them. I said, you know, this is the industry. As you know, in Hollywood, they scream for tolerance. They scream yes. for freedom of speech. But everything's a one-way street with them. The hypocrisy just flows out of their bodies. And they, they continually are the snake that eat their tail constantly to us. But... Um, you know, I, I said the heck with it. So I, I opened my own studio, Sorbo Studios. Please go to SorboStudios.com. Sign up. We'll keep you up to date. Um, I've got two more movies in the pipeline that are they're going to be in theaters this fall. I got four other movies in post-production right now. I'm staying busy and uh, I'm going to keep on staying busy. And God willing, I keep finding funders to help our movies. That's the biggest task for me yeah. is finding independent funders that want to do independent movies that have hope and love and faith and redemption and laughter. Movies that Hollywood won't do. And these are the kind of movies I'm going to keep doing. You know, it's amazing to me because I think you have seen, you talked about God's Not Dead. A lot no. of people are looking toward faith-based in these Christian movies that, you know, Hollywood does not want to do, but yet there's a yeah. God-shaped hole in a lot of people's heart, and they're looking for a story of redemption and resurrection and restora restoration. So how can we get more people? Because everyone, you know, I hate the political season. You know, send me $25, send me $50. But how no. can we really find people that understand, like the left had done, these are causes that we need to yeah. be, you know, focus on and we need to be funding. You know, we just heard about George Soros's son going to take over his empire. Where's the George Soros, a conservative guy on our side that can help us to develop these films? I talked with Nick Searcy about this. I talked with Dean Kane about this. Yep. Those are both very good friends. Dean and I are trying to put together a movie right now yeah. to shoot later this year or early next year. So, um, you know, it, it really comes down to people not being afraid to step out. I meet plenty of billionaires that are conservatives, mm -hmm. and I don't get it why they don't want it. I mean, we got a culture war on our hands right now, and Hollywood drives the culture. Yes. You know, Andrew Breitbart said it. Maybe he wasn't the first to say it. He's the first member saying it, that, you know, politics runs down from our culture, yes. and Hollywood runs down from culture. The mainstream media perpetuates it. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're they putting out their agenda. They're putting out the movies or TV shows. I can't get into 10 minutes of any of these things that come out anymore without their agenda being shoved down our throat. And I go... You know what? You look at a movie like like Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. The movie, the reason that movie did so well is because they didn't. It was just a good movie with a good message. It didn't have this agenda or that agenda. It was just good versus evil and good triumphing. I mean, the '60s changed for America big time. I think that was the first time you really start. You know, the Vietnam War. You had uh, you had the civil rights movement. You had JFK being, you know, being assassinated. You had the hippie loves. You had the rock and roll really stepping up, and it really changed everything. And I'm not bashing rock and roll. I love rock and roll too. But um, I, I look at the changes in the movies specifically, where they started making the bad guy the guy to to, to uh, emulate, the guy that was great. I, one of my favorite movies is Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, with Robert Redford and Paul yeah. Newman. The reality. Of the real Robert Redford, I mean, the real uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, weren't good-looking guys like those guys. They weren't really. <laughs> spiffy, quick, funny, you know, charming guys. These guys were murderers. These guys were bad guys. But that movie glorified them. And you kind of, wow, and that's sort of what happened. And uh, it's the, I, Walt Disney said better in the 1950s, movies and television will influence our youth. Well, gee, what do you think is going on in the world right now? Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to battle them with my three, $4 million budget against their $300 million budgets they have in Avatar and Avengers and Galaxy, whatever. And, you know, <laughs> $3 million, that's catering budget to those guys. So 
Um, I'm, the only way we can win this battle is when people support these movies, any way and anyhow. The pastors, church leaders, whatever, it's schools that don't aren't woke. We need these people to say, fill up these theaters because the, theater owners don't care what they show. Yeah, They want to sell popcorn and sodas. If you got a movie that is a big opening weekend, they'll keep it going, trust me. So somehow we, get, we need people to step up and not be afraid because there's a lot of sheep out there. We need lines to wake up and fight the good fight. You know, you just brought up a great point. I remember the quote that's attributed to Alexander the Great where he said that I would not fear an army of lions if they were led by lambs, but I would fear an army of sheep if they were led by lions. Yeah. Why is it that we have seen such a lack of courage, you think, in the church? Because to me, all these mega churches out there, why, why are they standing up and getting behind you and making sure that their congregations out there supporting the type of films that you're making? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I they are. I don't know. I know they're not. I, and I wish I wish I, I wish I knew why. I know a lot of those guys and I can't quite figure it out either. I can't figure out why they wouldn't want to jump on board. Look, I can do a movie that reaches millions of people. They may have a congregation of 100 people to 10,000 people, but it's not a million people that we millions I could reach over the weekend. Yeah. I get stopped all the time through hotel lobbies, airports, whatever it may be. And people say it's not Hercules or Andromeda, my other series. They say, I love you and God's not that soul surfer. Mm -hmm. What if? Let there be like, please make more movies like that. And that's what we're trying to do. But the biggest battle I got, of course, is, is the funding of that. And I don't get why that's such a difficult problem to raise $3 million to do a good movie that will be out there forever. It's, it's, it's a weird battle. Um, I get frustrated. I got friends that say it's in God's timing, or sometimes I get a little impatient with his timing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm working on it. So, but, uh, you know, like I said, I got a couple more movies down the pipeline here right now. And I'm just going to keep on doing the movies that hopefully will inspire people instead of bring people down. But it really comes down, to, once again, to schools, mainstream medias, universities. I tell people, don't send your kids to public schools. Number one, don't send your kids to universities. There's some good ones out there, but 99% of them are not good. And all they're going to do is indoctrinate your kids and bring out more little uh, people that believe socialism and communism is a good thing. And I keep reminding people, no one's taking boats from Key West to Cuba. There's a reason for that. Yeah, absolutely right. I live down in South Florida. I can guarantee you that they're not doing that. And, you know, when I think about your home state, the state of your birth, Minnesota, and the incredible trans... Oh. Yeah, I know you know exactly where I'm going. You turn into California. It's horrible. I mean, how... And what people don't understand is that the left has an agenda. Uh, you, yeah. you look at Colorado. Colorado was a red state. Or even here in Texas where I am, all the major urban population centers, you know, we just had the, the, the Dallas, you know, Pride Parade, which was just absolutely disgusting, the things that no. they were exposing kids to. What do you think can tap into parents, can tap into everyday Joe and Jane six-pack to get them to say, time out on the court, enough's enough? What do, you, what do you think that that turning point is? What, what do you think that breaking point well, is? Number one, it's very strange to me that, you know, with, with basically, what, 3% of the population mm -hmm. is, in the, is in the gay and lesbian category. Um, in the transgender category, it's like 0.25% or something, that we bend over backwards not to offend them when they can be offensive to, to, to straight people, heterosexual people. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like... I don't care where you lie sexually, fine, whatever. But why do we have to constantly shove it down people's throats? What if we start shoving down people's throats our straightness, our heterosexuality? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Oh, they're why triggered. They're triggered then. 
It's just, it's just, well, they're always looking for something to be offensive. They're just, uh, look, I mean, I can post stuff and, you know, I would have told you Facebook took me down. I lost 4 million followers on Facebook for posting the truth. They'll never put me back out again. Everything I said about COVID ended up being true. But will they let me back out? No, they won't. They, they, they've taken those 4 million followers away because they're filled with hate. These are people that are filled with hate and anger. Um, I, I can guarantee you if I did a, if I did a documentary on the lives of these people, I would think the majority of them, probably grew up in pretty bad situations, probably grew up without a father, probably grew up with a lot of hate and anger, probably a lot of self-loathing for themselves. They probably look in the mirror and don't like what they see. I, I would say that with Antifa members, I'm probably spot on with people like that. And, you know, why can't we sit down and have conversations about that with, instead of violence, instead of looking to just be angry all the time, why did they get the power to cancel people? That's what I don't get. And these are people that George Soros is probably paying. Mm -hmm. They probably don't have jobs and they're collecting unemployment on your tax dollars and mine. And then they resort to violence, thinking that's the answer. Well, then move to another country. If you don't like it, your Venezuela's waiting for you. North Korea will welcome you with open arms. Go to Russia. I mean, go to these other countries. If you think that we're so bad and so horrible, why do you stay here? Or why do you want to turn us into those kind of countries? Um, it's, it's unfortunate. I think most of these people, once they hit 40 years old and older, most of them flip, don't they? They yeah. start to realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's wrong or something's very strange about I was the way I was acting back in my youth. And uh, but I've always been a conservative. The uh, first person I could vote for was Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. My parents were beside themselves, but I grew up in Minnesota. But we had a Hubert Humphrey and Walter Mondale back then. Yep. But those are Democrats. Aren't, there aren't Democrats even like that today. No, you're right. JF, JF, JFK would be a conservative. Listen to his 1960 inauguration speech. No, you're absolutely right in that. You know, I try to get people to understand it's not so much the political party designation. It's how you see the relationship between the individual and the institution of government. And you have people that have an R after their name. They hold some progressive uh, viewpoints. Oh, no question. And, but, yeah. but now we're dealing with an ideology that believes that the individual has no rights. I mean, you know, you hear Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Kareem Jean-Pierre say, your children aren't yours. Your, your, your children belong to us. And we'll tell you what kind of stove you can have in your home or, or what kind of heater. Um, how do you think we can educate people to realize that there's no freedom in that? There's no freedom in someone, you know, saying, here's what we're going to hand to you. Like in the black community, reparations. I don't need any damn reparations. That's the most insulting, offensive thing that I've no. heard of. But how can we come together and better educate people? Because when I look at the church, I see the platform by which we can make a difference. Well, churches need to wake up, too. There's a lot of woke pastors out there. It's really unbelievable what I see going on in, in churches today. And a lot of churches don't want to work together. They have their own little egos and their own little fundraisers, doing their own thing. And I keep going, you know, isn't that all the same God? Is that your God better my God mentality going on here? It's just really weird to me. Um, we need we need. People from Venezuela that I've met that live in this country now, uh, people that I've met from, uh, you know, from North Korea that were lucky to even get out, people I've met from Russia, people I've met from um, any other third world country that worked their way to get here. We need them to be able to go into the public schools, some grade school, junior high and high schools and talk to students, but they'll never let them do that. And why? That's the biggest thing to me. All these mainstream media people, do they do they get behind closed doors and go, how much longer can we keep protecting this Biden guy? You know, I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, do they do they all really think he's doing an amazing job? Because everything he's done has made the country worse. It's made it worse. And, you know, everybody I meet that sits there and gets in my face and Trump was horrible. I hated him. And I go, what policies did you hate? And they can't name them. Yeah. 
They can't name one. They, his ego. And I go, yeah, Obama never had an ego, did he? No president of any country has an ego. Yeah. So I, I said, name, name any policy you had that was detrimental to you. And they can't do it because all they have are their labels and talking points. I love it when they sit there. I'm a Christian conservative. Oh, you're, you're homophobic. I've been in the business 40 years. I work with gay people in every set I've been on, whether it's a lesbian. You won't find one in 40 years saying I was a horrible person to them, a horrible person to work with. You won't find one. But it doesn't matter because we live in a country now that you're guilty before being proven innocent. You look what they've done to some of our Supreme Courts when they when people were trying to get in their Supreme Court under Trump. Yes. They went back on, on Kavanaugh. Whatever. They went back 40 years on him saying you flirted with a girl in college. Well, who didn't? I mean, this is just so it's so insane that of, of what we're doing in this whole cancel world. But obviously, these people have led amazingly perfect lives. So you need to get these people on your radio show, your podcast, because they can tell you and your listeners how to live a more perfect life like they do, because they're obviously sin free and just amazing, well, amazing. The amazing thing is that the leftists do not want to get outside their own circle. They don't want to get outside Ooh. their own bubble. Uh, they will not go on any type of platform where they will be intellectually uh, <laughs> challenged whatsoever. And, and yeah. so we have a moral high ground. I just wish we would understand that because the only thing that they have, as you just articulated as a, a, a small minority, is a tenacity. And why yeah. can't we have that exact same tenacity? Um, and, and so the thing that I say it, it causes problems, and you just brought it up, we get we back down when we get called a name. It's no. it's the most incredible thing, you know. I've been called white man's porch monkey, of course, white uh, black face of white supremacy. Uh, let's see, you know, the Uncle Tom thing. I really don't care. I mean, it, I've been in combat. <laughs> I've been shot at. So if you're calling me a name, and I think that's what you're saying, if you're calling Kevin Sorber a homophobic, you. You're, you don't have a shot at debating against you because no. you're not that. But so many people, Kevin, back down as soon as they hear, oh, I don't want to be called that. It's, I don't want to be called a white yeah. supremacist or yeah. racist. Because they're sheep. They've been, they've, been, they've been cowed. They've been coward. They've been beaten down by the media and beaten down. They're, they're afraid. Look at all these athletes that have come out and said something and then they back down after they say it. Yeah. Stick by your guns what you said. I mean, this guy up in Toronto, uh, Blue Jays. Oh, the pitcher. pitcher. Yeah. He, he didn't make a horrible statement. He just said something. What did, what did he just say? He said, leave children alone, you know? Uh -huh. It wasn't like a big deal. And they, they end up firing the guy. And I'm going, wait a minute. These are the reasons why I don't want to watch Major League Baseball anymore. I stopped watching the NBA years ago, so I got sick of that. When people took a, took a knee um, for Black Lives Matter and all these sports, I said, I'm not done with these sports. Do you, I said, do you guys even understand the manifesto of Black Lives Matter? Because they, they put it out there, and I printed it. They believe in communism. They want to get rid of God. They want to get rid of family. They want to get, they want to, they're, they're, they're Marxists. They're, I mean, I look at all these thing, different things and what, and all these companies went out and gave them millions of dollars. What did they do with it? They bought beautiful homes and cars and got great vacations. Where's the backlash for that? Where are people getting, not getting angry in the black community when 70 black kids every weekend are dying in Chicago? Yes. Every weekend. Where's the, where, where are people getting upset about that? It's, it is, it is so strange to me. Do you know in Chicago, I did a, I did a, um, a documentary there narrated with Kevin Jackson. Oh, I know him well. And, and, and it's called A Bleeding Blue. And it, it doesn't paint the cops as perfect people. Every profession has a bad apple. Yep. 
but it it portray it shows what they have to go through and the reactions they have to go through in record time because they don't know what any car stop is going to be. They have no idea what's going to happen. And in 2018, there were over 4,100 shootings. There's more these last few years, but 4,100 shootings in Chicago. How many involved the police? 0.8%. So 99.2% were mostly black on black or civilian on civilian, whatever you want to look at it. But 0.8%. What got all the news coverage? Coverage. 0.8%. 10 African-Americans were killed in that year by police officers. How many police officers were killed that year? 80. 80. Where's the uproar over that? Why aren't people upset about that? We it, it is so weird and back weird right now, but it's it, it it comes down to the television coverage again. It comes down to the media. It comes down to what government wants to get out there. And uh, you hit it right. There's rhinos on the other side as well. And we need people to wake up and remember this is we the people because we got a huge battle on hands and we're losing this country very quickly. If we keep letting it go the way it's been going these last few years, and 10 years from now, people are going, oh, my God, we were wrong. What, what were we thinking? Yeah. And by then, it's going to be too late. Well, what gives you hope? I mean, I always believe that there's hope out there. You know, I, 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 being in the military, I don't care what the odds are. I always think you can pull out a victory. How do you think we achieve victory here in the United States? Well, number one, keep government out of the wars. Let the, let the, let the experts in the war handle the wars. I think, you know, I mean, every, every Vietnam vet I've talked to said we could have won that war in six months. Oh, yeah. The government stepped in and said, no, this is what we're going to do. I mean, it's just the, the, the number of lives that are lost through stupidity from our government trying to tell generals what they need to do is amazing to me. Um, I know that I'm not going to name the names of some of these Democrats who went down to the uh, border here about six months ago because I know some border control guys down there. And they said, these guys say they're the ones who are going to solve the problem. They sat there and were total shock seeing the amount of people coming over our border. Like they just, even though you can see it on TV and they saw it in person, they went, oh my gosh, we're watching this in real time. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Mm -hmm. Yet they still don't do anything about it. They do nothing about it. So to me, it comes down to people just waking up and not being afraid. Don't be afraid. Heck, the heck with the cancel culture. All, they're going to cancel you regardless anyway. Just, just get out there and don't be afraid. And that's the biggest thing. Fear is the weapon the government keeps using to control people's lives. Absolutely. And that's, like you said, that's what we saw in COVID. And that was the test case. And they're looking to see how much further they can go. Tell us real quickly about your current project that you're working on, how we could uh, get behind you. Uh, please go to SorboStudios.com. That's a great place to go to get all information, both for myself and my wife. My wife's a homeschool advocate, and she's very busy traveling the country doing that. Um, I do a lot of pro-life speaking, a lot of um, health speaking, motivational speaking. They can get, uh, contact us there. I've got uh, the Reagan movie coming out. I don't know when. Dennis Quaid plays President Reagan. I played his pastor. Hopefully this year. I got another movie I directed called Miracle in East Texas. True story set in the largest oil front in the history of the world in Kilgore, Texas, right in the heart of the Depression. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got uh, two other movies I'm directing later this year. Um, they're action movies. I hope people enjoy that as well. And I'm just staying busy and I'm going to keep on plugging along and doing the, doing the things that uh, obviously make Hollywood upset. Well, we thank you for that, for being a disruptor. And we thank you for your dedication to Christian constitutional conservative. Patriot, principles. patriot. That's it. That's it. That's you. <laughs> That's you. Not just Hercules, but an American patriot. And, right. and I love that sword back there. That's why. That was, that was after seven years on Hercules I got and there. And I keep my Black Robe Regiment tomahawk right there because I think. I got to get one of your coins here, sir. We, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get you a tomahawk. That'd be awesome. We'll, we'll get be your awesome. name inscribed on it because 
I think that's what we need. We need those type of pastors who led regiments during the American Revolution. And, yes. And, and you're definitely out there leading the way, and we thank you for that. So, Kevin Sorbo, right. God bless you. God bless Sam, and thank you for joining us on the Steadfast and Law Podcast. My pleasure. What part, what part of Texas are you in? I'm right in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So oh, next my time. wife was just out there with Turning Point USA. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the uh, Women's uh, Liberty yeah. Seminar, uh, Conference this yeah, weekend. she was just there. I'll, I'll be out there a couple times this year. I'll be in Houston. I got something going on in Austin. Okay, well, be careful going into Austin. That's Moscow, yeah, I know. Moscow on the <laughs> Colorado River, so. I know, it's crazy. Uh, God be with you, my friend. All right, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Thanks, Kevin Sorbo, for taking time to be with us. And as always, if you like this podcast, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.